Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Hello and welcome to Let Me Talk Details. This is a respite from the weekly whirlwind of top flight football. It's the space to break down the big picture topics and get into the details away from the game-by-game analysis. I'm David Mooney. With me for this episode is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello. Well, another Manchester Derby victory, Sam. Um, Another dominant Derby victory. Shall Mm. we talk about uh, the... I was going to say Derby's under Guardiola, but what I kind of mean is is kind of the gulf that's emerged between the two sides. Yeah, it is that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... There was an article in The Telegraph that was a strange one in the last couple of days because it was it's one of those, I feel like, I mean, maybe the guy's just come up with it himself, but it feels like the brief of, oh, could you write this? And it's it's purely kind of, you say, stats-led. But I, I feel like I've been in that position before where I've had to write this article and I'm just kind of saying, well, these are the stats, but everyone's reading it going, come on, mate, you're not fooling anyone. Because the whole point of it was, oh, it's not so bad, actually. Um, from a United point of view. Yeah. Because like, oh, there's this win and there's this win. And if you look at like Bayern Munich against Dortmund, then Bayern win all of them. And if, if you look at other derbies around the world, there's they're more one-sided. Or this, this you know, the Manchester derby was much more one-sided <laughs> like 30 years ago or whatever. Just, sorry, just thinking, of my, like, just thinking of my childhood and the things that I yeah. used to cling to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's that. But then, I mean, it's based on the fact that, as we've said a couple of times, there are some victories for United thrown in where you just think, where have they yeah. come from? Like because of that gulf, and that's why I think that's part of what the article was getting at. Sunday's game was another one of those where the gulf's just massive, and it feels like that is how it's been solidly, certainly for Guardiola's reign, but obviously, basically, for more than ten years, even before Ferguson retired. But the wins that United have had have just been so kind of one-off. It's the biggest argument for. Anything can happen in a derby. Form book goes out the window because, especially in the last four or five years, I think you'll find the Gabby Gunnar Solskjaer is the is the exact reason for that. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. absolute. Um, well, I mean, I was going to say clown, but that's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's too harsh or not harsh enough. I'm not. Well, if he was still there, you could you could substitute Ten Hag for Solskjaer in the words of that song quite <laughs> quite easily, and I'm sure City fans will be singing just the same thing. So yeah, and like would regularly, I mean, almost alarmingly regularly come up with a, a derby win out of nowhere there was mm. there was a good couple under Solskjaer where I was just like how have you won that yeah um the thing is it's kind of coincides with City's um kind of 1920 season as well though which, yeah well that's is yeah. it I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work out well the thing that I couldn't work out then was who was actually exactly in charge for United for which particular derbies but there is that thing also I'm wary of it as well because I always say whenever I talk about 
Spurs' funny run against City. If you were a Spurs fan listening, you'd think this is the most blinker guy ever because basically I don't give them any credit for any of them because I'm like, <laughs> all of those games, apart from the Champions League one, City were just in a bad moment yeah. and Spurs happened to play them then and they beat them. So it's like, obviously Spurs did well enough, but City weren't doing well. And I was thinking about that with the with the United ones. There was quite a lot of that 2019 kind of vibe and also the kind of the hangover from that because I mean, I'm sure we'll get to the good ones eventually, but... <laughs> That, stay, stay tuned, everyone. But, but that nil-nil, the one that's probably most easily forgettable, well, there's two nil-nils, isn't there, in the Guardiola era? Yeah. But that one... The Old Trafford one. That one at Old Trafford just before Christmas, just before City's massive turnaround. Was that before or was it after the West Brom game? It was before. So, and so then West, West Brom was, was the midweek after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, because I remember I was listening to, I was going to say a rival podcast, but I think um, Stick to Football is quite quite big already um so i don't have to worry too much about that but i was listening listening the other week and it was after city lost to arsenal and they were just having a conversation about city and roy Keane was like i remember a derby a few years ago um he said when i questioned whether city still had the hunger and and you know because is this all coming to pieces you know is this not a guardiola leaving and he goes yeah, i'm never going to make that mistake again because obviously how they've reacted since but that you must have been talking about that nil nil game and that I think that nil-nil game is really fascinating because there are moments for Guardiola. I think when he's got doubts about the team, I think we've said this recently, he tends to go more conservative. Mm-hmm. So all of last season when he was like, okay, what were we? Like, how are we working out with, with Haaland? Well, in the meantime, we'll just keep the ball a lot. And protect and everything. And protect yeah. everything and keep it stable. And obviously we, we saw that in 1920. Those were his solutions, weren't they? But then that hangover we talked about going into the next season, things hadn't really got better had they and then going to going to United because United were poor and I remember City fans being particularly Frustra- frustrated, I frustrated because, because it's like they're there for the taking yeah and I think yeah. in fact speaking of see would Solskjaer have been in charge then I think so I think so and I think it was one of those yeah, moments he, when because he, he won at the Etihad later in the season when City were about to win yeah the yeah that's right and again that was mad because that was the 24 game run wasn't mm. it but there was already a feeling because there like there is now with Ten Hag. You know, Ten Hag, I doubt he's going to get sacked within the next couple of months, but you know, he, he will do eventually. And it felt like that with Solskjaer. It was like, this is like a weak, fragile United team. You could go for them. But it's interesting with Guardiola because I think that was, you know, Guardiola's conservatism going into overdrive, really, because I don't think he had any solutions for his own team. And it was still that classic, well, this is United. They can counter-attack on us yeah. and that'll be an issue. Just looking and, at that, United and he just wanted team. to clam it up and make sure nothing happened. And even at the end, I remember was the people want. I mean, this was the, would have been the classic thing. He didn't make many subs. I think I remember he did make one, but like Mares might have gone off late. He's, he brought Ferran Torres on for Riyad Mahrez on sixty six. Oh, 66, Okay, so um, maybe that's that the would, only maybe sub, that's but, the only sub, and people wanted more after that, and they wanted him to open up. But obviously. Oh, for the best of times, opening up for Guardiola is not really an option late in a game mm. because you can just as easily lose it. But at that time in particular, it was, we're definitely not going to do this. And then obviously after that, the West Brom game happened when I thought they were quite good, but then they conceded. Then they beat Southampton. Just They just had to win at Southampton, didn't they? And then it all clicked together. Funnily enough, actually, on the subject of derbies, and we'll kind of bring it back around to like good ones for City, because it had basically been a year and a bit of what's going on with this City team. And even when, because the whole point about 1920 was, I suppose you could call them false dawns because City would win games really well and you think, okay, this is fine now. And then they'd lose and you think, well, where's that come from? And obviously there was the break for COVID as well. And they came back 
Did they beat Arsenal 5 0 on the first game back? 3 0. 3 0. Was it then, 3? But yeah, they battered them. But they absolutely battered them. And you're like, okay, well, maybe the break's yeah, yeah, done yeah, them yeah. good and they've been able to go out and sort the issues. And yeah, then, exactly. Well, and then I, I remember Southampton. Yeah, lost to Southampton. Yeah. Um, lost Arsenal to Chelsea as well, yeah. I think. Arsenal FA Cup. And then played really well against Real Madrid in that rearranged game. Mm. Go to Portugal thinking they could win this. And then Leon happened and that yeah. was a disaster. So you can never be sure. And obviously that was August. And then by the time we got to December, and then. That derby with with fun, United that was nil nil. The funny thing about that kind of break time as well, in kind of working out the issues with kind of what the problems that City were having at that time, I find it really difficult to differentiate between the end of that season and the start of the next one because it was, it was all behind closed doors. Yeah, and they also did. It was effectively the same thing. It was as effectively well. the same thing, but they also uh, played in next season's kit when they came back. <laughs> so, it, like that, just confuses me yeah. even more. Yeah. And but the the issue obviously for City was it was just the same, the same issues. But when Marleo came in, didn't he, in the summer or, or like after that Leon game, I think. But then it wasn't an immediate impact by any means. And Guardiola signed that new contract, and then they went and lost at Spurs. And you still had that feeling of is this ever going to sort it, itself is this out? Funk gonna go but away, then yeah. that Carabao Cup game against United, they were much better again, and it was much more like some of the recent games. I remember was that the one when. That was when Stone Stone, Stone, Stone scored. scored with his like groin, and Fernandinho scored from outside the box, did yeah. he? Or like turned in something maybe like sixteen yards out, something like that. But I know, but, I know we've I know we've done a, a show recently on Stones and kind of his development as well. But I remember that game in particular being one of those. Um, go on, mate, you've got a chance here. Mm, and yeah, then, and he scored in that game, and he was like he was really good with Diaz at the back, and that felt like the game where that like the seesaw tipped towards him and Diaz being the partnership for the season. And yeah, I suppose because that was a good nine months on from yeah. that League Cup final where you think it's over. The guy's yeah. done. Yeah, um, but the interesting thing about that game, I remember the article I wrote. I don't know if it was just on this on this particular move, but the overall theme was City look alright here. There was a move when it was down in the corner towards where the away fans are, and Zinchenko had it. And I think and no, it was kind of under pressure. They're pending a bit, and I remember even Gundogan like signaled like send it long down the line, and Zinchenko played it inside. And City did this amazing move, you know, that the kind of thing where I'm like, oh, please score from this because it'd yeah. be so good. I think they went up the other end and De Bruyne rifled it from outside the box. I think it hit the post, like the inside of the post. And it came out. I think that would have been an unreal move. But I, I looked at that and thought, that is one of the best moves City put together in a while. This was a good performance. There, would that have been just after they beat Chelsea? So they they beat Southampton. Then they had a, maybe a couple of good wins. They beat Chelsea... It was around COVID time, wasn't it? When yeah. they had the Everton game yeah, the Everton called game off. Postponed. They beat Chelsea very well, very convincingly. It was 3-1, but again, they should, should never have, have scored been, on yeah. a break and it should have been more goals. And then and then after that, you had the United game. And I, I remember thinking, I think the sign-off for that article was, if you know, they might really be back if they, if they can keep that up. And obviously they were then. That was part of that run of 24 games in all competitions, which then obviously somehow ended with, <laughs> you know, because again... Those examples I was saying of, if you look at the United's victories over City, you go, oh yeah, well they were they were weak there, they were weak there, they had that. and it was all kind of nineteen twenty vibes. But that one, they'd obviously come out of the traps, they'd sort it out. This was on the way to being the, one of the next, I don't know, the third great City team, twenty four wins in a row. And then was it Jesus gave away a penalty after like forty seconds or something? Yeah. It was I, I the weirdest game. I wonder if that game was the start in Guardiola's mind. Again, this is this is me taking credit away from United, but I wonder if it's the start of Guardiola's mind of okay, the league is close to being done. 
we've got, I think they might have had Dortmund by that stage in the Champions League. Mm, possibly because remember again ah, on, the stone, is, on the Stones show this is an interesting about, thing we talked about the running again yeah and in that running the main team was playing Dortmund PSG Chelsea and the rotated team was playing the Premier League games in between which is why they lost against Leeds and yeah, 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 all, yeah. all that sort of stuff and I wondered if, the start if, if this game was the start I mean the, the starting lineup doesn't particularly suggest it what but, was it uh, so obviously Edison in goal Diaz Stones Zinchenko um as three defenders, um, because I can't work out why. Oh, Cancelo's down as a midfielder, but Cancelo there as well. Um, Sterling, Gundogan, Rodri, uh, De Bruyne, Mares, Jesus. See, it's de- like that's that's decent, that, a decent side, and like though. that's like probably one of the. If you look at that over the course of that season in particular, that's probably as close to strong as it's going to be. Yeah. But now looking at it with like, well, I think Grealish, Haaland, Foden, you think. And like Cancelo as well, and Zinchenko, you, you look back and think, oh, you know, yeah, it's decent right. enough. But like obviously, that was, yeah. I was unreal at the time. But obviously, the way the way they've kind of bolted on extra like unbelievable players, it's easy to look back and go, oh, it's a bit of a weird one. Um, but that's that's a funny thing actually. And in because look, we haven't done a massive amount of prep for this, and this is why we probably end up <laughs> accidentally starting with some of the the more negative results rather than some of the better ones. We had no idea how it was going to go. But one thing I hadn't thought of. I don't think it's been a talking point for a couple of years now, but there's definitely been an element of City fans being annoyed with Guardiola for not taking the derby as seriously as he should do. As as, as, as he should do, or yeah. well, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's that speaks a lot about my attitude. It, yeah, it? but of course it does because you're a City fan, and, and that's the thing. But there's definitely been a bit of that over the time, over the years when maybe there was an element of the Dortmund game creeping in, but there has been those when, well, I mean, the. The 2018 one in April, when it was our beat United, turning up at half-time, disaster struck. I, I, can't, I can't go into that now, having <laughs> spoken for 10 minutes about some of the shit of derbies. Um, but that was because there was the Liverpool attempted turnaround after that. And there's definitely been times when, and Guardiola's been asked, you know, how big is this game? And he's just like, well, I don't. It's, it's like October, November. It's not. It doesn't matter too much. Like it's just another game, which I, is what he said about Arsenal the other week. And it's the same logic he applies to everything. But obviously fans in particular like no you need to go all out in this game so we can beat United and we can have bragging rights or whatever and like whether it was that one with Solskjaer and it's like you can get their manager sacked if you beat them heavily as you can do but there's always not always because I think it's changing now but there has often been that feeling of he's kind of resting players in the derby for other games I can't remember the specific examples, but there's definitely the, be someone in the Champions League related where it's like you've got a game where if you lose in this Champions League game that's it may, or maybe game. it's a group game but it's a big one. And then if you lose in that, you're in a problem in the group. Whereas if you're losing the Premier League in October, it's not the end of the world. And that's the logic he applies, but it's not the logic that the fans want to hear. We'll be back in a few minutes after an ad break. Speak to you shortly. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. The issue I have with that with the April 2018 derby mm. is the team he picked was good enough to have gone 2-0 up and yeah, was yeah, good yeah, enough. Exactly. Like it, it missed what five, six, seven chances that where they should have made it three, four nil. So yeah. the team the team he was picked. Was that the one where there should have been the obvious penalty? The Ashley Young on the yeah. Guerrero was that the game as yeah. well? But the like the team he's picked, more than good enough to win that game. And they just didn't. Mm. So, like, it's not. I don't think that's on him to to turn that around. The other thing, uh, that two nil Solskjaer um, is probably about. Uh, it's a week before they played uh, the um, first leg or second leg against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. So they were already two nil up in that in that tie, and the tie is pretty much done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, fine. Um, and again, it just kind of goes to show. Either way, the kind of freak nature of that victory for United just goes to show going back to that Telegraph article they all just feel like flukes or one-offs and like that's why even if like the stats are there to go oh well actually and that's why like going into a derby I was speaking to mates on Sunday morning and they were like oh, I feel terrible I was like I bet it's just more annoying now because obviously you've got the, the derby nerves that you've always had and obviously City fans who are like 30 plus 40 plus 50 plus in particular have got all the extra history with that but now it just must be so much more annoying because like we're so much better than them, cannot let, cannot not beat them, and cannot not beat them convincingly. But also, there's enough recent evidence to suggest that well, sometimes that doesn't happen. I know you. I know we don't really talk about you growing up as a United mm. fan. What was it like the other way around then? When like when City would win like the last derby at Main Road? Because clearly United were much better than City at that time. Yeah, it was just. Was it the same? Thing is, it's different as well because, I mean, how old would I have been then? 14, 15. But I mean, that is just the classic. You know what? So when Guardiola was asked in the press conference the other week, like, oh, you know, United haven't really been your rivals, have they? And it was mad because, and I will get back, I'm not changing the subject. Um, (laughs) Sounds like it. No, I'm not. You sit there in the press conference and you go, okay, yeah, he's not really said anything like massively controversial there. But controversial at all it's just been the classic Guardiola big game press conference I know you're all going to try and get something from me so I'm just going to straight back everything and then 48 hours later you see the headlines on the back the back of the Sunday newspapers it's like Guardiola's taunts United saying they've never been our rivals it's like he just said he was asked he was asked a question he was like yeah it's been Liverpool fine like, <laughs> all right fine it's not controversial but then part of the question was you know before you were here you know, Ferguson said, not in my lifetime and everything. And, you know, City weren't their biggest rivals. And he was like, well, he was right. And like, he was, obviously. Like, that's just stating the fact. And to to go back to me, it's like, well, that was it, really. Mm. It was like, well, City is obviously the derby, but that's not the biggest one. Because The I games always... against Liverpool. Are the... And again, I'm sure City fans can mm. obviously relate to this now because obviously the derby does mean so much still. But like the games against Liverpool have been the one, haven't they? And there's been that. I get I get far more anxious about going to Anfield and when Liverpool come to the Etihad at the moment than watching City against. Yeah, United. and again, like and from... it, 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 like it, it. When I was a kid, I always used to find it funny that United fans, when City had won the derby, would say, "Or, oh, like, oh, oh, final, oh yeah, yeah, it's your cup final. We've got the league to win." And like, 
it's just flipped. Yeah, yeah it's and it just completely like everything about it has flipped. And you get United fans taunting you now when you when they've won the derby. And it's just like, yeah, but we are going to go and try and win a treble this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. That's this kind of well, that was the is. thing. That was the thing about the April 2018 game, wasn't it? When it was like, obviously, look, it was kind of that was traumatic for City fans, mm. and United fans obviously enjoyed that. Again, I think I mentioned it maybe on a detail show, but like you, you still see that occasionally around April, there'll be like you know five years since, and like United fans will be tweeting about it. It's like you do know what happened that season, though. Yeah, like the very that was next, when City got a hundred points. The it's very like, next week, you lost to West Brom and handed City the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, but then obviously, and that was early, obviously. And then it went on for another mm. six weeks, and City ended up getting the hundred points, like the double hit of win the league, and then have this other secondary target of the hundred points. Which was again just like an unbelievable end to the season. Like the, the celebrations for that mm. was like it was like another Aguero moment, really, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Just because last kick of the season. That I think is, people yeah. going into the game for that, it was like it would be a nice thing to have, having in your mind anyway. Probably going to beat Southampton, but then when it didn't like it was going to happen, it's like oh, fuck. That would have been nice when it was. Nil, and you think it's not happening when it was nil nil on kind of like eighty five minutes, and I was sat watching a stream at home. I was just like, oh, I'm a bit. I was a bit pissed off. I was a bit pissed off. Like I was going to finish on ninety eight points. Hold on. Have you set that up on purpose? No. How did you find out about the goal when you were watching on the stream? Well, uh, I found out. Well, I, actually, funnily enough, I didn't have um, I didn't have my phone with me, so I wasn't I didn't have it there. I wasn't on it wasn't on charge. And but um, I did find out oh, that uh, they'd scored because uh, the people downstairs were going mad. Were right, going mad. Yeah. So I knew, like I knew it was coming. I was like, oh well, this is this is fantastic. But yeah, so. It it has it has flipped in that sense of it is like United fans cup final. In fact, speaking of cup finals, the literal cup the act, final. The actual. <laughs> I mean, I, that is honestly. I you know when when Gundogan, if I see that goal on Twitter, the Gundogan one, I have to watch it. Yeah, same. And but I so I don't know if I've mentioned this kind of too much in in public and on podcasts and stuff. But um, last year, my mum wasn't very well, and she had to miss a. a good number of games I've always gone to the game with mum and dad mm. and that was her first game back wow. and um, she was like I'm, I'm not sure if I'm well enough to, to travel so we like we'd, we'd done the journey the day before and like really yeah. really slow and, and kind of made it as, as, as easy as possible um, and we literally just like managed to get bums on seats and then ball it's the net and honestly it was it was incredible I can't, I can't imagine any of those feet I mean particularly for you but We've already talked about the emotions for the derby and mm. just the kind of don't you dare let them beat us because we're this. miles yeah, yeah. better. But like ruin this, but that's just like a league game in October. Yeah. This is the FA Cup final, first one ever between the teams, obviously. On the way to the treble. And again, talking about United taking small victories. If United had won the FA Cup final and City had won the double of Premier League and Champions League, that is that is a mental season for City to have mm. the first Champions League they've ever won. Obviously, the the league in the way they won it anyway. But then United would have had well. At least we stopped the treble. Yeah, yeah we yeah. stopped the treble. It's like, and again, like, they would have actually had a trophy for it. To be fair, and that would have been so annoying for City fans. Obviously, wouldn't it? That would have been terrible. So to have all those emotions going into it, on top of all the usual derby emotions, and it being at Wembley and all the dread of going to Wembley again after 2011 and you know all the horror stories I've heard from City fans over the years about how grim it was and some people who never want to go to Wembley or haven't been to Wembley again since that because it was so grim and then seeing it be United again and all, all the even not there was no trains was there everyone driving down and you've got to use separate services all of that stuff I can't imagine that those feelings and then 
to score after 12 seconds. <laughs> like the, like the, the kind of feeling of this is going to be awful. And then to score after 12 seconds, but not just after 12 seconds, but like that. Like it was just an innocuous, you're not even paying attention. Going back to the yeah. notifications thing. It's like if that had been later in the game, it would be a more obvious example. But you just think they've taken a long goal kick here. I might not necessarily be watching or paying full attention again. You might even just be putting your bag under your chair or something if you're getting into the stadium, as long as it's smaller than an A4 size of paper or whatever. <laughs> well, it's like, it's, that's literally what thing, well, this so, is this is like, this this isn't a dangerous attack. This isn't mm-hmm. like at the weekend when City, okay, yeah, they've switched it. You know something's going to happen at some yeah. point. And if it's not, you're kind of plugged in because they'll I, just switch I, it around and come back. I had exactly that because um, because my mum had had surgery. She was mm. sat next to me. My dad was on the on the far side of me. And I'd spent the kind of first couple of, of seconds of the game going, are you all right? Is it like yeah, comfortable, yeah, yeah. everything like that? And I looked up at the point where Gundogan hit the ball. Yeah. So I, I, my first sight of the game was Gundogan smashing it in. Yeah, mad. Uh, it's just, and again, in terms of always watching that goal, because it just feels like that is such a mad moment, I think, in City's history. And again, but because of everything that was going on at the time, but also that feeling of, and look, people got people celebrated winning that FA Cup very well. Mm. But that feeling of, oh, there's a Champions League final next. It, it still couldn't be fully processed, I don't think. Mm. But that's such a, so many difficult feelings to process. Such a good goal, such a kind of iconic player and everything it meant. It It's like, I don't know, but it feels like not bigger and not maybe, I don't know, harder to process, but like, it's more complicated than Rodri's winner. Because again, I'm sure City fans could watch Rodri's winner in the Champions League final. Again and again. Again and again. But as soon as that final whistle's done, that's it. It's all together. That goal meant that. But like, then you have to rewind to, okay, we kind of put Gundogan's goal in a draw to think about later on. But then, like I always say, whether it's not just a treble, but like winning the league, you have the parade. You go, that was amazing. And then he's like, spend the summer doing something else or worrying about transfers whichever you want to do and then you're stressed about the new season and all that and you, you can kind of forget like again when I watched the Villa game um, at the end of last season you think this that was mad mm-hmm. and it's like you obviously you're there at the time and you enjoy it at the time and you celebrate it at the time but it's almost like you can never fully appreciate these moments I don't think there's is there such a thing as like full appreciation in football because it's like you're there and you you love it but then it's but so does, difficult does to not... put into context. And that Gundogan one is just a proper example of that. Guardiola said recently about, and we talked about the, the concept of a treble hangover on a couple of shows. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, like, maybe maybe kind of Guardiola's subtly talked about that without us realising about actually taking the time to to appreciate what you've done and what you've achieved. And that's just been kind of that. That's been encapsulated by that phrase, treble hangover. That maybe that's what he means by the treble had an effect on all of us. Maybe, maybe. I, I suppose then it goes hand in hand. If you're talking practically in terms of football and how City are playing and injuries and stuff, when he's said when he said these comments about oh the players should go on strike, that's the only way it'll change. And then when he's asked about them more, he's like, well, the problem is you've only got three weeks to recover mm. and that, I think we said that when we started doing the well we didn't stop doing the podcast but when we started talking more about pre-season and, pre-season yeah. and stuff it's like this feels for us even though so for me personally there was like a clean break of five weeks between Istanbul and going to Japan and that feels like oh it, 
and every time you talk about oh what they did, it was it was last season. You go to Japan, and you're like, okay, this is new. This is the new season now. The old one was that's last season. We think that was like a month ago that this happened. And players who are injured then are still it's the same yeah. time frame. Like they're still injured now. Like barely anything's happened. And obviously the city players, they had most of them had two internationals after that. And then a bit of time off. And then they came back to preseason. It was, it was that two or three weeks and you just think it's rolling the Leon game into the, into the start of the next season. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah, I think that Leon game was rolled into the first like four months of that season, yeah. to be honest. I, I, that Leon game is always something I feel like was just brushed under the rug because it was just so kind of awful and traumatic and in football senses, like just never speak of this again. But I wonder how much of effect, I wonder how much of an effect that had on City over the years. Not over the, over the years, over the months after that. It's easy to say this, but I do think it had an effect on Sterling. Hmm. Because after that miss, he wasn't the same. But there was lots of reasons why he wasn't the same. Like he was already out of the team that year. You know, talking about that derby, there was the it was Southampton just after that, wasn't it? Yeah. And he kicked off with Guardiola for not being in the team. Was that, was that the five two behind closed doors? Five two, five three. When Foden like didn't get the most obvious penalty yeah, you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, that one. Um, so there was loads of different lingering reasons for Sterling, kind of coming towards the end of his time at City, but. Maybe it's too obvious to say, but that that miss was it was just that was kind of that summed up City at that era more than anything, didn't it? The dominate the game. If you look at the chances that he had great chances, missed and like the most exaggerated misses you could even imagine. The Sterling Spurs, one, the Jesus one. That's first game that season. They missed two open goals and a penalty. <laughs> yeah. I still think Leon Leon was kind of worse. But then again, the same thing with Spurs and that conceding on the break and and that being it, there was also the classic Champions League, like Edison Klanger coming in mm. from nowhere. Um, and then, yeah, just so again, just to kind of go into that next season, the nil-nil at the derby was, that wasn't the turning point, was it? They were saying after West Brom, like Fernandinho got all the players together saying, look, that just can't carry on. But that derby was a real kind of example of Guardiola being... I remember us talking about it Fully as... down that hole of, we can't take any risks here. Yeah. Whereas when he's feeling comfortable, I remember speaking to Tom McTorrent years ago, he was like, he takes risks in the biggest game. Like he's the bravest manager going. But you you normally think, especially because look, we, we mentioned that Real Madrid game What's in the it? lockdown when they weren't yeah. going particularly well, but it was a very brave performance. But normally, you know, the way the City are playing in those final months, Guardiola's like, look, whatever we win or don't win from now, I've got no complaints because I know the players are fully switched in. They know exactly what they've got to do. And I'm, comfortable enough to try this that or whatever and he will go and be ultimately brave in these games and try and do something that makes a difference but to, to me and that you, confidence in them or well maybe not to me and you but to the average football fan watching being brave is sticking more players up leaving space at the back and going and going for this whereas maybe being brave to Guardiola is actually I'm gonna I'm gonna try this player here to use yeah, this yeah, space yeah. and it's like we don't see was like Bernardo in the derby at the yeah. weekend to bring it back to that it's like the just the, the the positions he was cropping up in like it's no coincidence that the two Haaland headers, both Bernardo crosses, yeah. like stood up to the back post in exactly the same Going situation. Greatish, yeah. In fact, speaking around, speaking about like back post headers and derbies, I'd be interested in like forgotten City goals. Literally, can't think of another back post header in a derby at the moment. <laughs> the Grealish one, Old Trafford. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. See what I mean? Yeah. Like because that was such a that felt like such a big moment for Grealish as well. Because obviously at that point it was like he'd started playing well after the World Cup, but it was. This was only just he talked into about January. It as well, didn't he? About how he thought he'd scored the winner in a derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. And that, that was a huge it. moment yeah, yeah. for him. And then obviously it all went to shit, basically. 
And there was all those questions about a city going to win anything, which which obviously carried on for another month or so. But that goal, proved my point perfectly, was was forgotten about. And I was I was kind of hoping going into the derby on Sunday, I was like, it would be good if Grealish had another derby moment, like a wild time, because that would have been well timed, very well timed. But now, you know, on the back of the Doku stuff, and he played well in midweek, and Guardiola was like, what you need to do is do that again and again and again. I think it would have been good for him to have that, but obviously he was really good anyway. Mm. But it's a shame because that would have been a, no, in the way that football teams in general, but obviously City, if that had been the winning goal or even not the first goal of two, that would have been on social media for days. We wouldn't have forgotten about it mm. to talk about now, certainly. But he was kind of robbed of that moment. Talking about like the, the Gundogan goal, at least that was allowed to exist and, <laughs> and be what it was. I was well, but again, you, even that was... But even that, you think, like you think that about... That game was not comfortable, was No, it? But, but also you think about what how it all fell apart for City in that derby where Grealish scored. Mm. They didn't react to what is ultimately, I still think, a fucking awful refereeing decision. Yeah. And they reacted so badly to that. And then you look at the penalty that United got in the cup final and you go... Well, that's okay. That's a bit grim that we're giving penalties for this. All well, right, fine. I wanted I wanted to make this point, uh, but then they reacted to it by, all right, we'll just go and score again. Well, funnily enough, so the the first point I'm going to make is, I, I was going to mention it, but I don't think so because basically this is just football fandom. That's what it's like, and it's human nature. But obviously, all the reaction to City's penalty at the weekend, United fans complaining about it, and it's like the two the two most recent derbies before that, <laughs> just as mad, if not worse, mm. decisions. So, but then you get down the the line of going. Well, you can't complain about this because of this kind of thing. But then City will be the same. Every, they would have been decisions to went for City. Yeah, every exactly. team has those, so, yeah. so there's no point in really making a point. But it's like everyone should just shut up, basically. Have, have <laughs> or some, I should have just, some shame, lads. Yeah, yeah, they're that. But then the other thing is, so a colleague of mine in Argentina after the Brighton game the other week, he was like, "Are you going to press conference?" I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Messi's compared their Barca team to Argentina." He said, "Argentina, the one that just won the World Cup." And nearly at their level. It was like, can you ask him about that? But it was after Brighton. I wanted to ask him about the Grealish, the Grealish and Doku thing and all that kind of stuff, just for the wider points of it. So I was, and I was like, I'm not going to burn. I like, but I'll do it next week. And I didn't think I'd get the chance to do it before the derby because everyone was kind of piled into the first bit and then the embargo later on. But I, I did. And I was like, what do you reckon? You know, Messi said this, what do you reckon? And he was like, well, look, Messi's played for both teams and who am I to disagree? As I was like, uh, is there anything that particularly impressed you about Argentina? And he made the point over a couple of minutes, because again, all the other questions were like straight back to like a Derby question. Mm. But if you ask him about something else, he can give you his thoughts on it because he knows it's not going to be a headline because no one gives a shit. Yeah. Well, in, Ar- in Argentina, obviously it was, but fine. But he was like, when they were 2-0 down against Holland, and then they, they scored both goals in extra time, Argentina went back to playing. Like, like because they played some of their best football obviously in the final as well the way they played them off the pitch in the first half and then Mbappe scores two mad goals and you think this is all falling down mm. and again this it's that thing that he's seen about his own City team the setbacks and responding to setbacks and if you concede one you concede another and that even happened in the derby in January didn't it mm. with the mad decision and you, can, you can, can just and yeah exactly part, but, yeah. but you can also understand why there would have been hot heads about that but ultimately you can't do that can you mm. and he said the thing that impressed him most about Argentina was that quality to respond to those mad setbacks particularly in the World Cup final and carry on and then he linked it back immediately to City he said that's one of the big things about us winning the treble and that's such a huge part of responding to difficult setbacks and again like the two finals last season they weren't vintage City by any by any means but also City weren't playing well in the first half of the Champions League final or at least it was way more sloppy you know Roger giving balls away or whatever mm. 
But then that FA Cup final, I remember thinking at half time, this, I was like, I can see United fluke in this one. But then obviously the second half, City did play better. But again, even at the end, it was close. And I saw somebody tweeting the morning of the game on Sunday, like City have not had a, a last minute winner against United. And you know, for all the for all the amazing wins there have been, there haven't been. There's not been that kind of outpouring of last minute winner because I still think that's the best. It's that old debate, isn't it? Would you rather beat your rivals five nil? And look, City have effectively had a load, a load of, them. of them. Or would you rather do it in the last minute? And I always think the last minute's better. That's it for this episode of Let Me Talk Details. Sam, there was more from this episode for members, though, wasn't there? What uh, what extra bits can members get? Yeah, I've always been wondering if the 6-1 was the most emphatic derby victory because some of the Guardiola ones haven't had that scoreline but they've definitely had been emphatic yeah really they've really been emphatic so there's that and then there's a bit of my kind of fandom previously and I don't know I'd like to say professionalism now but that kind of swing and how that comes into it. And also a nice thing about Okargundwan to tie it all together. Now remember, this was the free version of Let Me Talk. If you'd like longer ad-free versions earlier, then all the useful links are in the episode description and over on lmtpod.com. If you want to ask us a question or send us a voice note on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, just search for LMTPod. Or if you want to send us an email, hello at lmtpod.com is the way to do it. All the useful links are in the episode description and over on lmtpod.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Let me, let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk.